seid. Welcome to the Commerce Talks Podcast, guest number five uh, today. We also um, met at the dinner yesterday and you're running the company called uh, Makacy. Um, I learned it somehow in the fashion business, but you will get a bit more in, into detail within your introduction. Please introduce yourself and tell us what, tell us what Makacy is doing. Thank you very much, Alex, for, for having me. And um, I really enjoyed the dinner last, last night. Um, Makesy is basically fashion production on demand. We're trying to solve a problem that uh, a lot of fashion designers were coming into the business, into the industry, but really no uh, real production power. We want to help them um, create their designs, source fabric, accessories, and throughout the whole uh, process, really make them be in the know know exactly what we're doing, how we purchase the fabric, cutting it, sewing it, shipping it, making their lives easier. That's the, the, the problem we're trying to solve. So can you guide me through like a, so then just a customer journey like for the, for the producers. So how do they find you and what do you do like step by step? It's a very interesting industry. I mean, it had around 200 years of evolution, you know, the, the sewing machine and people uh, approaching um, uh, seamstresses because they wanted to make their dresses faster. And that evolved over the years to include more machinery. So the tailor shop was actually born because they wanted to make people's lives easier. And all almost until 30 years ago, when fast fashion started um, uh, putting all these, uh, filling up all the retail places and really yep. disrupted the market. But um, mm -hmm. throughout our human history, everybody was approaching tailors to, to create their uh, loved garments and traditional dresses, etc. That's what we're trying to, to get back. But at ease, we, we want to make it easier. Fulfill the dress that you have in mind. Uh, get your, uh, the image you have for that tailored suit and we can fulfill it. So the, how it works is they approach us with that, with a sketch or a, or a picture from Pinterest or from, and they upload it on the app and they exactly tell us how long, the, I mean, when exactly they want it. And they add in all the description of the fabric, they wanted 100% cotton, et cetera, et cetera. And then that order turns into a chat. But these are like designers that are reselling these things or are these like end consumers like, like, like I am? Let's say, Alex, you're a fashion designer and you're brilliant at it and you have a great, you've created like three, four styles. You want to make them happen, right? So you have a fixed image of, of the dresses and the trousers and whatever you're, you're making. You, you communicate that to us through the platform and then we communicate back to you what we understood and we reach an agreement to tell you what exactly can happen and when it can be uh, done. And when you receive it, we ship it to you. You're the label owner. You then margin it up, put but, it on but, Amazon. But minimum minimum slot size is one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, people can do samples. But obviously, when you purchase one... And without you in the middle, how would have done the designers this process before? Would have gone, like, to, I don't know, to a Pakistani factory saying, okay, can you produce this kind of garment f for me? How would, have, how would have been done? Yeah, I mean, it's a struggle because, uh, like I said, the niche market we're focusing on, they're, uh, you know, they haven't made it. Yeah, they've made zero collections or one collect or two collections. Mm. So they're not, they don't have the volume to, to pick up the phone or send an email to a Bangladeshi or a Vietnam-based or a Chinese factory because those obviously have to have volume to make it happen for them. So uh, historically, I mean, the past 30, 40 years, they approached... Um, a lot of Polish, uh, a lot of uh, Ukrainian, a lot of uh, Hungarian uh, mini factories who can fulfill that um, uh, kind of uh, capsules and collection size. 
we're talking about uh, 50 to 100. If it was one to 50 uh, styles in a collection, they had to go downtown Milan, downtown Paris, and uh, convince a tailor to make them feasible prices, which is not existent. <laughs> it's extremely expensive. And how do you do it? So uh, we're based in, in Amman, Jordan. And Amman, Jordan, uh, Jordan has a great uh, trade agreement with EU, almost custom-free, as well as with North America. And that's why most of the uh, garment labels around the world, like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, etc., they manufacture in Jordan. So by definition, we are living in a country that has very low um, cost of production. And uh, the infrastructure helps us as well. So we save a lot on, on price. So it's a kind of arbitrage for the designers and the fashion entrepreneurs in, in Europe and North America, even in the Far East, to manufacture with us. Uh, it still makes a lot of economical sense. We do it by, um, we have our own uh, machines and we also outsource uh, to other production hubs because um, the world of um, manufacturing garment is so big and so diverse. People who make shirts only make shirts and uh, pants and vests and uh, jackets and blazers, etc. Each one of those we have uh, appointed uh, a production hub that can fulfill quite a quality. But those production hubs you have like connected in your app are then most likely connect, um, are located in Jordan. Though you're not connecting to Vietnam or Portuguese or to other uh, facilities. Uh, for now, it's only Jordanian uh, companies. Ah, I didn't know that. It's, it's, I, I knew obviously that like in um, Southeast Asia, there's a lot of like production capabilities. China, obviously, some of the Correct. some some companies are like sourcing in Portugal or. Romania or so, but uh, I didn't know that Jordan is like a, a big um, a fabric. It's up and coming. I mean, the great quality, the speed at um, uh, finishing the work and uh, deadline to ship. Uh, logistics are helping as well. Okay, and then let's let, let's let's stick with the the shirt. So I have a wonderful idea of a shirt, and would say, okay, I'd like to build it five pieces, uh, for example, special fabric, special color, special cut. So guide me through the process. I'm, do I have a, to download an app? Is it like more like an online form where I have to upload in my, my, uh, my sketch? How, how does it work? It's as simple as a form. Um, there is an app. You download it, and it's, um, it's an app that has a form, three steps. You communicate the design. If there's a sketch as well that you've added on the design, you add that. You add a description, and then you tell us some important information for us. When is it that you want it? because that's, um, we'll have to communicate back to you to tell you if it's possible or not. Uh, what's your budget as well? Because we, we care for uh, our customer segments. We, have, we know their mentality. And then we communicate back to you, tell you exactly, okay, this is the design that we can do. And this is the fabric that we suggest and recommend. And this is how much it's, it's going to cost you. And then you, you're, you're, you receive a proposal. It's a request for proposal from your side. And we send you a proposal and we say, oh, okay, this is feasible. I can receive it in two weeks uh, at my doorstep. And then you um, you you sign, uh, you pay up uh, 50% of, of that amount. Of course, there's a, a money-back guarantee. And we sign within the proposal an NDA, your design, your shirt, your label. And we start production afterwards. Within the app, the order itself turns into a chat. They start asking us, where the hell is my shirt? What have you done? Did you source the, the fabric? This accessory is wrong. You want to take it back? No, please redo it, et cetera, et cetera. That's the kind of conversation that we have over our app. 
And uh, let's stick with the example with like the t-shirts, low five t-shirts, maybe like a little bit longer arms, like a different neck, uh, a, a special color. So where would this end up like, such from a pricing range perspective? Because if I go to the tailor in Milan or Paris, uh, he wouldn't take an order below like 1,000 euros. So Correct. it doesn't even make sense for him to think about it like from his yeah. business perspective. So. I mean, obviously there are three categories of pricing and we have put an algorithm and a calculation uh, on it. The first category is the sourcing. depends on what, if you want 100% linen, cotton, silk, whatever. Uh, secondly is the production, how much, uh, what's the style? If it's a normal pattern, then obviously we have it. You just print because it's digitized, digitized the pattern. We print it, we put it on the fabric and we cut. But if it's uh, or, or if it's um, something else, completely like Star Trek or Star Wars kind of costume, we'll have to do and create the pattern. That will be a bit more costly. The third category, which is the uh, design, um, the production and the design itself. The design, if you want us to research more, add to it, do 3D um, images of it because you want to put it as an SKU on on, on your Amazon or Shopify, etc. We can we can help you in that as well. So there is a spectrum on every one of those categories, the sourcing, the production, and the design. So it, it, it can end up varying from $5 a t-shirt up to around um, $25. Ah. And then let, going back to the fashion industry itself. So my understanding is that fast fashion is now disrupted by ultra-fast fashion. Companies like Shein aus uh, China where... You have like a huge competition uh, between um, uh, between the factories. So there's like, I don't know, 500 factories doing T-shirts yeah. and uh, they want to sell. They need to acquire customers. And then those big platforms are getting them, uh, feeding them with trends. And, you know, tomorrow you have, because of the Barbie film, you have to create uh, pink T-shirts and pink whatever, trousers and pink jackets, blah, blah, blah. And tomorrow it's a very different style. And this seems to me like, for me, Uh, because this is, these platforms are also reaching their customers in a very efficient way, it seems to be very um, disturbing for the Zara's and H&M, which was fast fashion, but now you have like real-time fashion. Like yeah. you have a trend, next day you have the product online, 10 days later you have it shipped. So is it somehow also disrupting your business model or are your designers so specialized, so niche, so unique in their ideas? Because... Let's assume there's a good T-shirt idea from a designer, like a good print or like a good feature on a T-shirt. The Chinese competitor will see it on Amazon or on the Shopify app and say, ah, oh, that seems to be something I also can produce. So I will put it on Timu like for 20% of the price. And yeah. this is disrupting like your customers' businesses. Is it something you see already or is it our industry bubbles um, fear? I mean, it's, it's a race to, to, to the bottom. Um, it started with um, fast fashion. Now it's extreme fa fast fashion, and the, the the lead production is almost like one week since they actually hit the design rooms and they come up with Barbie kind of garments, and they, you see it in the market in, in one week. Uh, it's a different game altogether. We're we're, um, we're on a different trend. Um, we're trying to to follow what the market is trying to ask for. I mean, they want to dress and dress nicely and elegantly, and they want to actually not spend a fortune on, on, on their garments, but they want to also their, their customizing to happen and to take place on, on, on the... So we're following the trend of the what's, what's being called right now the hyper-customization, where uh, we take with the customer's um, 
order itself. I mean, it's not something that they see and then they react to and they say, okay, this is fine. Let's actually buy this. No, it's the other way around. That's the market we're following. People who are getting back to custom wear. I mean, the custom wear, it said in, in our industry that it skips a generation. And here we are, Generation Z is wanting to do their own fashion. So we're, we're very hopeful. And this is actually a safe bet uh, more than the uh, the fast, fast fashion that is happening with, with Shein. Because if uh, Corona hits again, God forbids, or a war happens, God forbids, uh, that uh, distribution is done. Whereas with, with our model, it can it can it can thrive because we have a local local tailor, and if we grow, I mean, right now it's sixteen months in, in Mexi, and we're seeing great growth. Um, in Germany, you can have we can actually su support you with a tailor from Germany, um, who is actually eager to to receive so many different orders, even though small, and we do yield management uh, quite effectively through our um, platform. So Megacy is 16 months old, you say, or yes. 16? 16, 16 months. Yeah. And how, how big is it? How, so how many orders do you ship? Or like how big is it business? I mean, a month we, we ship anywhere between 100 to 150 orders. Uh, on average, the orders are around $250. We're uh, doing, um, we're increasing and in, in even corporate corporations are approaching us right now, which is, um, uh, we've pivoted in that direction, trying to see what the procurement managers in big hotels and want to do differently than even the chains that uh, are mandating on them because everybody has their own uh, designs and uh, styles ah so, so you're talking about like corporate uh fashion or like corporate styles like if there's like a the ritz carlton here in riyadh wants to have their own uh, bed sheets uh yeah. and obviously uh, no other hotel the bahia, bahia hotel shouldn't have it absolutely and special events uniforms for the uh, hostesses etc Ah, okay. And do you think that um, this kind of B two, because you're now on a on a on a on a on a, on a cross section, right? You can, you could focus more on like the very small designer running like it's uh, his own um, uh, Shopify store, or maybe like a, on the Amazon platform, or you could go more into like the B two B direction, which would help you. Okay, you're not producing then five uh, shirts or five bed sheets. You're producing then always like 100 200 300 which obviously gives you like a better um return per customer or revenue per customer so what what's your thoughts on that uh, both are very interesting markets um and customer segments um i don't know where the the path will take us but um uh, so far it's been wonderful helping so many designers um, you know the, the the journey from zero to one of having their uh, label succeeding with that with that having time to focus on the marketing and the label and the, 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 all the, techn the technology of uh, fulfilling uh, a payment, uh, an order. So that has been very rewarding, a lot of nice stories, but the corporate world is also viable uh, because like you said, they have a tendency to do uh, bigger uh, in numbers. I'll, I'll share a story with, with a hotel who um, broke away with the, um, uh, from the chain's uh, regulations re regarding the HR uh, clothing. Um, HR and maintenance clothing because the maintenance were uh, their shirts and their trousers they were actually um, wearing out very quickly so because we had the expertise we had uh, the, the resources we sourced great fabric we, we created a new style and we, we fulfilled uh, that so that's 
that's very likable to, to happen and um, repeat uh, across at least the region over here. Everybody, uh, everybody in, in their own departments, they want to do something right now. They want to get it uh, done immediately. They can't communicate with a tailor for so many different reasons, different cultures, different. You have to travel downtown. The tailors don't come to you. So we're, we're fulfilling. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to solve a problem there. And I see it multiplying as, as, we, as we go. Where do you find your customers? Uh, so far, the, the best place, because the, the fashion community is always, I mean, uh, uh, a bubble. They talk. So the word of mouth in Amman, Jordan, has been wonderful, uh, as well as in Jeddah. Jeddah is a nice hub of uh, many, uh, in Saudi Arabia, um, and, and in Riyadh as well. So um, the word, word of mouth has been really helpful. Uh, one designer recommends us, and everybody starts talking about it. Uh, sometimes they're influencers. They put a word out there. Um, we had high-profile uh, customers uh, as well. We had um, our um, uh, royal um, uh, highness, our queen, visiting our um, office as well, um, ordering uh, and making her a couple of garments. Uh, Jordan is also king kingdom. Yes, it is. Okay. How many people uh, living in Jordan? 10 million so far. Ah, so it's not that big. It's like the UAE. Yes. But it's a huge country. It is. It's um, as big, I, I would say, as big as the UAE. Yeah. Ah, I okay. Know more. <laughs> okay. And, but is it like is it like a um, scalable online marketing channel where you could I don't know maybe there's like a, 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 a Shopify marketplace where you could uh, put ads on for designers using like Shopify or an Amazon there might be like a marketplace or like a community where you could another stuff yeah and another channel that has been very helpful which is the catalog on WhatsApp. Uh, using the Meta pro platform, what we've actually uh, connected through API, um, we've created a very diverse uh, catalog based on the patterns themselves. You mentioned T-shirts uh, earlier. T-shirts, we have around 25, 30 uh, patterns and styles, and all of them are sketched out. So when you see the sketch that is uh, very close to what you have in mind, you can uh, choose it on uh, Amazon, on uh, WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. And uh, what happens is that we uh, get notified on it and we start communicating directly with WhatsApp. WhatsApp is really wonderful, especially here in, in, the, in the Middle East. Um, direct connection with people, they want to know exactly how long it will take, if we can do it to begin with. Where are your customers coming from? Mainly from uh, Europe or from Asia? Uh, Asia most likely not, right? So, uh, no, no, no. But uh, France, uh, Italy, we've had from the Netherlands, uh, Saudi Arabia. Jordan, where, where we at? And how do you prevent um, uh, uh, brand fraud? So I guess there's like smart designers trying to get a design from Gucci and say, okay, can you do this for me, please? Only 10 pieces. Uh, we've, um, we're, we're looking into, we haven't done it yet. We're, we're um, dependent uh, completely on our in-house fashion designers who are receiving the designs and they're, they're running image um, uh, searches to see if this is somebody out there who's done that. Especially, we want to protect all the, the local fashion designers. Uh, so if, if it clears out, because sometimes you can tell, somebody snaps a, uh, a screenshot from a local designer and they like, and they say, okay, can you do 10 of those? I want to fill up my retail shop. So we'll, we'll do a, um, a, a research. But down the line, I think we're going to do some machine learning to, to, the, to mm. um, discern exactly uh, where this image has come from and who owns the rights and if there's a label. And then we say, no, we can't continue. And do you see also within this GCC a growing like fashion designer community? Is it something where, I don't know, 
young like students would say, okay, instead of going into the tech industry or uh, retail industry, let's try out to become like a designer? Uh, there's a thriving fashion community right now, especially the past two years, three years. If you're following the great work of uh, the Fashion Commission um, under the um, uh, Ministry of Culture. Here in Saudi? In Saudi Arabia. They're doing amazing. They're, doing, they're taking them on a roadshow all around uh, across uh, Europe. And they have created 100 brands, not created, they've actually gathered around and um, uh, 100 uh, up-and-coming fashion designers who are يعني, very ambitious. They have a lot of energy. And I, I think out of those 100 brands, we'll see like leading three, four big labels very soon. So it's it's happened and it's happening and it's, it's going to يعني, grow rapidly. What is your like? What is your upper limit when it comes to order? So I, I guess you cannot uh, fulfill an order that could help H and M restocking their stores. Where would you say, okay, maybe that's too big for us to fulfill? There's a sweet spot between, like you said, one piece uh, up to around um, 250 pieces. That's where we specialize. Some people come and say, oh, we like you guys. We want to spend more. We like the communication. We like to being transparent and uh, that you sign the NDA. We can take it further even. But normally we're a bit more expensive when it gets to 250 plus uh, pieces. It gets more expensive. Yeah. Why? Right. Because in, in 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 what I've learned in in business con, uh, business studies, in economies of scale, should be get, getting cheaper. Um, in comparison, uh, uh, that's correct. But uh, for for the customer, when they compare us with a Bangladeshi um, workshop, they say, "Okay, no, you guys are very expensive." That's what I meant. Um, they they compare us with with other workshops. They say, "Okay, makes is a bit more expensive. We're going to go with um, option B." Um, when it comes to big quantities. But I mean, the sweet spot that we're, I'm talking about is where we like to be. Uh, there's a lot of experimenting in the designs uh, back and forth with the customer. We're at, at the end of the day, we're not a workshop as much as we're a fashion tech solution. We, we, we sell the communication uh, between us and uh, the, the communication capability between us and the customer. We try to make them be at ease at all levels because you know when you have a deadline with a t-shirt and you have to present it to your, to your buyer, you you rather be you know glued to, to your phone and your emails and finding out we we so because of that we are a little bit more expensive than a normal classical uh, workshop and how what is like your limit when it comes to complex products like say you have a very very complex like winter garment thing with like super many like features on it would you say okay that's maybe something you should figure out directly with an uh, with an uh, with a with a workshop or everything is doable. You can go as I mean, you you see the movies and how customs can con can yeah. go crazy. Everything is doable. It's a, it's engineering of garment pieces, and we we have those engine. They call them patent engineers. They look at it. They look at it from different angles. They. They go on on the AutoCAD. But you, I can go to you and say, okay, I'd like this T-shirt, this style, this print should be waterproof. Find it out. And it should be like less than, I don't know, 100 gram per square meter. I don't know how you measure <laughs> it, but like uh, stuff like this. And then you have like a team that could will go into some research database and see if this garment is available, if, you can, if it can be suit uh, on different machines. So that's like part of your, yeah. your that's part of the, um, the value right. proposition. Absolutely. I mean, we will do the research. We have the sources. We know uh, factory mills around um, Turkey, China. We, we ask them, do you have that? This is the characteristic that is needed. Can we treat it again? We come, ba we come back to you with, with the report. Of course, this is a paid service. How loyal are the customers? 
when they're like ordering like, 10 pieces uh, for their own store, Amazon store or whatever, do there's, they come back? There's a better word. They're um, yani, happily dependent. They have this out of their system. They depend on us and they look at uh, uh, focusing on, on other things and we have their back. So that's, that creates very loyal uh, customers because we're, we're protecting them in every aspect of, of their business. How big is the Megacity team? We're 10 people right now. And uh, you said like it's a, it's an up and up and coming market, uh, but still people can work for are able to work for low salaries because cost of living, living I guess, are not that high than in 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 Jordan. So for for a garment engineer, uh, what is like a salary for a garment engineer in, in Jordan? Oh, in the private sector, they would take around seven hundred fifty eight hundred JDs, which is around one thousand dollars a month. A month. Including, uh, including all costs. So that is what you have to pay them f uh, as an as an as an employer. Yeah, I mean that's the average salary in in, in Jordan. Um, uh, okay, uh, plus or minus. Yeah, I mean, but with like one thousand dollars a month, what is your what is your standard of li living in Jordan? Do you have a it's, car? It's Do quite you have high. a house? It's, it's high. It's quite it's high. high. Okay, yeah, I have to tell you. I mean, in Jordan, the economical situation is not that uh, bright. It's recovering. There are lo lots of ambitious plans economically, uh, but um, uh, currently, I mean, it is challenging. Uh, so this 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 is a luxury um, any for for many. If we're talking about the mass market, the customers who want to actually create custom wear all the time for all the equations, it, it wouldn't be that feasible. But um, at the same time, uh, the B2B side of it, the, the designers themselves, they want it for the same reason. They want to sell. They want to make business. So, so they want to depend on people who are dependable and know what they're doing and designing right and manufacturing on time. And that's exactly what, what we supply them. And we hand it over to them and then they margin up and they sell it online, Instagram, Shopify. And if we were to have this podcast again like next year's, where do we believe Megacy stands? Employer-wise, revenue-wise, expansion-wise. I'll be very happy to be uh, getting uh, into the Saudi market, establishing our name, uh, establishing the positioning that I, I've, I've described today uh, to to be relevant to as many fashion designers who are having headaches and heartaches uh, regarding their, their collections and uh, fulfilling them. I want to be able to, to have uh, help at least 100 brands. Where does fashion end? So could you do like a backpack, for example? Is it also fashion? Yeah, but it's just a matter of choice. We don't want to do bags. We don't want to do leather. We don't want to do shoes. So leather, leather is like a different uh, industry, more or less. Yeah. Why? Why? Because it's like kind of a garment. It is, but it has its own people. And um, to 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 create to create a a piece with the, with leather, um, the the sewing is differently different. Uh, the machines are different. Mm. The whole supply chain is different. You cannot print on it in most you cases. Can. There are like uh, as well soles and you know, things that I, it's not in my experience. Maybe Interesting. one day I will uh, we'll get to that. And then maybe some 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 like regional questions. So um, it's our second time here in Riyadh. Uh, obviously it's an interesting market. It's kind of, it, it's kind of booming. Uh, what do you think about the region in the next five to ten years? Saudi's role in the region, Riyadh, Jeddah, uh, Danam. So, where is it going? Is it, does it really feel like it's booming? 
It, it certainly does. And um, all over the news in all different categories, especially economically, it's very aspiring. And uh, what's happening on the ground is even more motivating for everybody to, to at least visit and come and see. So, I mean, Saudi Arabia is around 36 million uh, people. The GCC altogether is around 50 million. The... Um, um, the fashion industries, but, but Jordan and Oman are not part of the uh, GCC, right? Jordan, Jordan is not. Yeah. Uh, Oman is considered in the GCC. That is considered in the, yes. in the 50 million. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Didn't know that. So yeah. Uh, so basically, the, the fashion industry. I mean, the consumption of fashion is around 32 billion dollars a year, just in this region. Just in this region, it's considered huge, and that's. Uh, I mean, if you consider, and there are like some reports that say around 10% of that is around, is for um, the custom wear. That's where the market that we we, we work, we're working on. Uh, people who like to do their own garments. Uh, so I'm very ambitious to see how the, we grow in, into that 10% to, to tailor make things for, for the GCC customers. Very cool. So definitely looking uh, forward like to the next interview, the next dinner. Uh, so Jordan was not on the map on on the map yet, uh, but uh, maybe in the future we can do something there too. You're more than welcome. It's a great country. Said, thank you.